0: Hi, everyone. I'm Stuart and I've been given this amazing opportunity to share with you one of my heroes of the faith. And the hero that I've chosen features in just one of the gospels, just one of the chapters in the Bible, one of the books in the Bible, sorry, that is about Jesus' life on earth. And he features in just 10 short verses. It's 10 short verses for a short man. It is the story of Zacchaeus. I'll read it to you now. It's in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, starting at verse 1. He, that is Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Father God we thank you for your word. We thank you for this um, story of Zacchaeus. We thank you that each word in your Uh, book in the Bible is breathed out by the Holy Spirit. We thank you that it is packed with these examples of heroes of the faith Lord God and that we can spend time looking at them and we pray that as we do that now you would just be sending your Holy Spirit down to minister to each one of us to look at this story and to see your glory in it and your glory for our lives. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. So I chose Zacchaeus because he's had a big impact on my life um, particularly from a very early age. Imagine if you can not this full-grown Stuart that you see in front of you but a six or seven year old Stuart and if you're having trouble doing that it's quite easy if you just picture the Milky Bar kid you are pretty much there and when I was younger my parents would spend time at night Um, telling Bible stories to me and my brothers and I remember this one in particular that my mum sat sat us down or when we were getting ready for bed she told us this story of a short man that heard that Zacchaeus um, that heard sorry that Jesus was coming to his town and he was desperate to see him when he heard but there were so many people that wanted to see Jesus coming through his town that he couldn't see past them. He was so short, he couldn't see past the crowd. So he went and he climbed the tree so that he could see Jesus. And as Jesus was walking past, he saw him. He looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to have dinner at your house. That's why my mum told it anyway, for dinner. Um, And so he said, I'm going to have dinner at your house. And Zacchaeus came down the tree and he was overjoyed that Jesus had chosen to have dinner at his But nobody else was happy. Everybody else was grumbling and complaining. Who is this Jesus? If they really knew, if he really knew what Zacchaeus was like, he wouldn't be spending time with him. But Zacchaeus said, Jesus, I know that I've done wrong. I know that I've wronged people out of their money. And any money that I've taken, um, I'm going to pay back. And half of my things I'm going to give away for the poor. And Jesus turned to the crowd and he said to them, He said that today, Zacchaeus has been saved and that that is why he, Jesus came, that he came to seek and to save the lost. My mum told us that story and my reaction as a child was to go, well, then I am definitely getting to heaven. And my mum looked at me and she asked, why, what makes you say that? And I said, I am definitely better than Zacchaeus. So I am definitely getting into heaven. If Jesus is prepared to let Zacchaeus in, then I'm definitely getting to heaven. Not for the first time in my life, I had completely missed the point. And my mum just said, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter whether you think you're better than Zacchaeus. It's not measuring ourselves against other people that's important. It is admitting our own things that we've done wrong. where We've fallen ourselves and coming to Jesus and accepting him as the only person that can make those things right. And in that moment, in that night, um, that is when I would say that I became a Christian. I came to faith in the Lord because my mom explaining that to me made me think, wow, I need Jesus to come into my life. It doesn't matter what Zacchaeus has done in my life it matters what I've done and yeah that was when I decided that Jesus was going to be my Lord and Savior and yeah ever since then I've come back to the story of Zacchaeus from time to time and every time God has lovingly challenged me he has um, lovingly taught me um, and he's lovingly reminded me of things again and again. And a few of them, I just want to be able to share with you um, now, because this story, as far as I'm concerned, like this story is absolutely packed with things. Um, so let's dive in. From the beginning, we see that Jesus is going through um, the town of Jericho. And this is his second last stop on his way to Jerusalem on his way to the, to the city where he would ultimately be crucified on a cross for the sins of the world and where he would then rise again. But this is before that happens. He's been traveling. He's He's um, had a ministry for about three years. And this is as he's coming towards the end of that ministry. And the people in the town of Jericho, they'll have heard about Jesus. They'll have heard all of the amazing things that he's done all of the miracles he's performed, all of the stories that he's been telling. They'll have heard about these things and Zacchaeus in that town has also heard them. And straight off the bat, this is one of the things that um, makes Zacchaeus a hero for me. In verse three, it says, "'And he was seeking to see who Jesus was.'" Zacchaeus has heard about Jesus and he wants to see him for himself. He wants to see him, he wants to see who this man is. Maybe he wants to see what all the fuss is about. Maybe he wants to see what Jesus could do for him in his life, but either way, he is desperate to see Jesus. He is so desperate to see Jesus that when he comes across a crowd of people that won't let him pass, that won't let him see who Jesus is, he goes and he finds a tree and he climbs up it. And that, to put yourself out that way, to go and to see Jesus. I think for what that must have felt like for Zacchaeus, knowing how people felt about him and knowing how ridiculous it probably would have looked if people had seen him up in that tree. But he knew that that was the way that he was going to see Jesus. And so he did it, he climbed that tree. And one of the ways that that has challenged me is it makes me think, like, am I that desperate to see Jesus? I can honestly say I have never come away from spending time with Jesus regretting it. I have never come away from spending time in God's Word thinking that I've wasted my time. Yes, there are times that I've read it and I've been really challenged by what I've read. I've maybe read it and been disgruntled or unhappy with um, what I've read or how I'm feeling or I've come away from it wrestling with with something, but I've never regretted the time that I spend with Jesus um, in his word or with Jesus worshiping, worshiping his name or with his people, I've never done that, but I still struggle in my life to set aside the time to seek Jesus. And that's on me because there are lots of things that I let get in the way. There are lots of things that I day to day prioritize instead of spending that time seeking Jesus, being so desperate to see Jesus that I will climb a tree to see him. But I don't do that. I find 101 other things, whether it's hitting the snooze button instead of getting up so that I can spend time with Jesus in the morning, or switching on another episode of whatever I'm watching on Netflix at nighttime before I go to bed rather than spending time um, seeking Jesus. These are things that I let get in the way. But from this story, we can see this was a man that wasn't prepared to let things get in his way. In this example, in this instance, he'd heard about Jesus. He'd heard about the amazing things that Jesus had done, no doubt. And he was desperate to see him for himself. Jesus was walking along and he looks up in the tree. And the next bit comes apart that for me, growing up when I was younger, when I heard this story, I thought that seems a bit Oh, Jesus looked up in the tree. And he knew immediately who Zacchaeus was. And you could look at that and say that maybe it's because as much as uh, Zacchaeus had heard about Jesus, that Zacchaeus had a reputation of his own, but I don't think it's that at all. It's because Jesus knows us by name and he calls us by name. And we can see that in this story. Jesus looks up into the tree and he says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. He's calling Zacchaeus to him. And it's the next bit as well that that seemed really odd for me growing up when he says, for I must stay at your house today. And for, for me growing up, I thought it seems a bit odd that Jesus is uh, just it's the first time he's met this man and he's just inviting himself um, into his home. But for Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, it's a great honor. And the next thing for me that makes Zacchaeus a hero is in verse six, it says, so he hurried and came. He obeyed Jesus and received him joyfully. He received him joyfully. He was overjoyed. He met Jesus. This was his first time meeting Jesus the man. Jesus has called him by name. And Zacchaeus is overjoyed. He's bursting with joy. He is joyful that Jesus has said that I'm coming to yours. And yeah, that just blows me away. When I received uh, Jesus, when I heard this story, like I remember that's how I felt as well. I felt joyful. And that's not to say that every moment of my life since then I have felt joy or looked happy, far from it. But spending time with Jesus does give me that joy. And it doesn't make me feel happy in the face of everything that's going on in my life. It doesn't suddenly make me feel like everything in um, my life has, has gone. But what it does is spending time with Jesus reminds me that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord of my life. Jesus is coming in to my life and he is working in it and he is working in me. And he promises that. He promises that when you accept him as your Lord and savior, that he is with you. He is with you to the ends of the earth. He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. And it's finding that joy in him. It's not finding that joy and that happiness in every individual situation because On earth, it's just not humanly possible, I think, or certainly not what I've experienced in my life. But there is true joy in the person of Jesus. And the way that we see Zacchaeus really, truly finding joy in Jesus is probably one of the biggest reasons why he is a hero of mine a hero of the faith, not just a hero of mine, but a hero of the faith, is that he receives Jesus joyfully and he's changed. He receives Jesus joyfully and he is changed. He's met with Jesus. Jesus has called him by name and he is changed instantly. Instantly. And it wasn't just that he met Jesus and stopped cheating people. It wasn't just that he did that. It was that Jesus has come into his life and has changed his heart and has changed his attitude and the love that Jesus has shown in calling him by name and saying, I'm going to come to your house is overflowing from his life now. It's changed him. It's changed his attitude towards people. It's changed the way that he's going to act towards people because he doesn't just stop cheating people. He gives away half of everything that he owns and he says that if he's cheated anybody, which he definitely has by the sounds of things, he's going to pay them back fourfold. That is going to cost him. But it has changed his heart and he's able to make that change because he's received Jesus joyfully. If you think that just accepting Jesus and begrudgingly accepting Jesus or begrudgingly accepting his teachings, then it's going to make you miserable. Doing what you feel you have to do out of just a sense of duty, or out of just a sense of rule following, or out of just a sense of obligation to other people because of what they see. If you do that, you're not going to experience the true joy that Jesus promises, the true joy that God wants to give, the true joy that will come by the Holy Spirit working through you and in your life. Zacchaeus receives Jesus joyfully, and it changes him taking those things in the first place wasn't right for Zacchaeus. Cheating people out of their money wasn't right. The job of a tax collector back in that time wasn't, isn't the same as it is now as much as people may think it might be. It was an office, an important office given to people by the Romans at that time. And they didn't get paid for doing that job, but it was their duty, their job to collect the taxes. And the money they made from that was whatever they could raise on top of the Romans had um, set as the tax. So any money that Zacchaeus was making from this, he was directly taking from people. And I guess the more money that he wanted to make, the more he just extorted from others. And that wasn't right. And I'm sure that Zacchaeus must have been well known for operating in that way. But here is Jesus coming, calling him and saying to him that he's coming to his house and Zacchaeus has changed and he's not going to operate in that way anymore. And what a massive change that must have been for everybody and everybody must have been able to look at that change in Zacchaeus's life and see the glory of God in that change. See an area of Zacchaeus's life where Jesus has come in, changed him and taken control and changed the way that he operates. And the fact that Zacchaeus goes straight to saying, "If I've cheated anybody," shows that Zacchaeus was well aware of that area of his life that needed to be changed. He'd received Jesus and he immediately knew what needed to be changed. And maybe that's the same for us now, or maybe that's something that we need to be examining in ourselves. Is there an area in our lives that needs to change? Is there an area of my life that people can look at and see that it contradicts the way that the Bible says I should be living my life, that the Bible says that in the name of Jesus, I shouldn't be living my life that way. I shouldn't be doing those things. Is it contradicting the life that Jesus has called me to lead? Philippians 1 verse 27 says that we are called to let our manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. To be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Our life should be worthy of Jesus and what he has bestowed upon us. The salvation that he has bestowed upon us. And maybe there is something in your life today that is getting in the way of that it's getting in the way it's spoiling it it's stealing that joy of a life lived in jesus and i pray this morning or whenever you're watching or listening to this i pray that that part of your life is as painful as it might be i pray that it and my own life that it's just being laid bare That it's being brought right to our attention. That we can take it to Jesus. Not so that we can see it and think, right, I've I've got to do something about this. Not so that we can see it in our lives and think, this is for me to fix before I can take it to Jesus. This is for me to do something about before I'm worthy of coming to Jesus. Not at all. Not at all, and that is not what the Bible is saying. That is not what Jesus says. He says, bring it to me. Bring it to me. Let me be Lord over it. Yes, there might be things that you need to change. Yes, there might be things that you now need to do differently but it's in the power of Jesus, guided by the Holy Spirit in our lives, that works through that. Bring it to Jesus. Francis Chan, an um, American pastor and author, um, wrote a book that I read years ago um, called Crazy Love. And in it, towards the end, he says, change is not only good, it is critical. If you do the same things today that you did five years ago, you need to examine your heart. To repent means to change. You discover areas of your life that are not under God's control and you repent, you change. When we repent, We take something to God that we're saying isn't right. When we repent, we're taking it to God and we're saying that we're sorry for it. And by the blood of Jesus, that is already covered. When Jesus died, it was to bring us into a right relationship with God. But while we're still on earth, there's things that we're going to do that aren't going to be right. And we need to change from them. But it's only with Jesus that we can do that. And that is what Zacchaeus felt. He is definitely a hero of my faith um, and a hero of the faith. And so often when we read stories, whether it's um, a novel or watching a film or watching something on TV, we watch, um, we we hear these stories about heroes and we immediately want to identify with the hero. But for every hero there's a villain um, and in this story of Zacchaeus we see the crowd and their response, their reaction to everything that is going on. And As much as it pains me to say it, sometimes I see a really uh, poor reflection of um, my six and seven-year-old attitude towards Zacchaeus um, in this crowd um, and an attitude that maybe some of us need need to check as well. Because when we look at this story As much as we want to identify with the hero, Zacchaeus helps to humble us and the crowd is a warning to examine our attitudes towards others. Because we might not voice it as blatantly as the crowd do here. We might not turn to Jesus and say, what are you doing with this person? That person's a sinner. What are you doing? We might not be that blatant, but we might have an attitude in our heart when we see Jesus calling people to him, when we see pe- when we see Jesus calling people to our churches, or we see Jesus working in the lives of other people, and we think, what are you doing? What are you doing working in that person's life like that? And Jesus, in this story, He turns and he says it to Zacchaeus, but I'm sure he's speaking to the whole crowd in the same way that I'm sure he is speaking to our hearts now. He says, Today, salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And this is a. This is an accusation that had been leveled against Jesus before. Earlier in Luke, in Luke chapter 15 verse two, the Pharisees had said of Jesus, this man receives sinners and eats with them. And they're leveling that accusation against Jesus, saying that he's mixing with the wrong people. And the book of Luke is exactly, is almost exactly that, that it is Jesus, acting in a way that seems so countercultural or counterintuitive to the people around him. He draws to him people that others would disregard or would push away or shun or say aren't good enough. But he says that's exactly the people that he has come for. And we need to yeah, like I say it's a warning. We need to examine our hearts. We need to make sure that we are not being an obstacle to people that we're not picking and choosing who we think Jesus should be working in the lives of because Jesus is Lord and Jesus is gonna work with who he's gonna work with. And whether we can understand it or not, that's what he's gonna do. And as much as we need to take it as a warning, we also need to be massively comforted because as much as we might not think it when Jesus says, or we might not want to think it when Jesus says, the son of man came to seek and save the lost. That's what we were. We were lost and we needed saved. We were not able to do that for ourselves. We're not able to save ourselves and put ourselves in a right relationship with God we can't have the attitude that six or seven year old Stuart had of saying I'm definitely better than that person so I'm okay Jesus is saying no that is not how it works at all he came to seek and save the lost he died for our sins He died that the things in our lives that are wrong might be forgiven, that we might be brought into a perfect relationship with God. When we see Zacchaeus, we see a man that was desperate to see Jesus, a man that would do anything to catch a glimpse of him. We see a man who, when called down by Jesus, by name, received him joyfully. And we see a man who reflected that joy and God's glory to the world in the way that he let Jesus change his life. And I pray that that is happening in our lives today, that that we are desperately seeking Jesus, that we are receiving him joyfully when he calls us by name and that when we do that, we open our hearts to let him change us for his glory, <clears throat> that we might reflect the love that he has shown to us, to a watching world, so that we can point them in the direction of our glorious God. Amen.